Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, this is weird. We have games to talk about plural games to talk about with the avalanche on this show and they're in the united states yeah we i don't know if i'm prepared to talk about two games at once um we haven't done it in so long so i i hope that we can uh, persevere through this yeah i feel i feel almost out of practice here but the good <laughs> part is the avalanche they won both of them they beat the nashville predators and they beat the carolina hurricanes now all of a sudden they're on a four game win streak and all of a sudden tied for first once again in the central. So, so much for having an okay October did not matter at all. It's it, we're literally living in a simulation because I feel like we did this exact same thing last year. Like it, it's the exact same situation. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the, almost the only, Yeah. The only difference is we beat Columbus this time. Yeah. Like that, that's literally the only difference. Um, because I, I think we talked about on the show on Wednesday if the Avs played 500 hockey, we'd be happy, but we also wouldn't be shocked if they just rattle off an impressive win streak. And uh, they go 2-0 and this week, and in both games, I thought they were pretty damn impressive. Yeah, the Nashville game, that Nashville gets the first goal, the Avs run them out of the building the rest of the way, essentially. And Carolina, they're missing Val, they're missing Landeskog, they're missing Helm, they're missing Gerard, they're missing Byram. McDermott goes out during the game. You've got Shane Bowers, who's now out for six weeks, not playing anymore. So you have to replace him as well as has he made his NHL debut, as we'll talk about against Nashville. They walk out of there with a 4-1 victory over, in my opinion, the best team in the Eastern Conference. And they, Carolina just did not have too much to work with. Strong defensive game all around. And Frankie getting the start. And Frankie, damn near perfect. Yeah, Frankie was really good. That was the first time he had played in a long time. Um, 
What, was that the first time he's played this since the Seattle game? I think it was. The Devils. He played against the Devils. Oh, he did play against the Devils. Yeah. That's right. That's so right. He's only, he's only given up two goals in his last two starts. Yeah. Combined. He's been, he's been really good, man. And he was great again tonight, uh, especially in that first period. The Hurricanes got, I think, a majority of their chances in the first period. And he made a couple big saves. And he was just rock solid from there on out. Um, like you said, having all of those guys out and to have this type of performance says a lot about the character of a team because it's you're going up against arguably one of the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. I put them in Bo- Carolina and Boston on like pretty much the same level right now. Um, and Carolina, I mean, they really weren't missing anyone. They were missing Freddie Anderson, but I mean, Freddie Anderson's hurt every year. So yeah, I mean, the I mean when, when you got anti Ranta, I mean, it's not that big a drop off. Yeah, it's not that big of a drop off, but the Avs were just really impressive tonight. Carolina's forecheck was smothering for points of that game, but they'd never really got anything out of it. Like, I feel like they would pin the Avs in their own zone and they they just wouldn't do anything with it. It's also just not something the Avs haven't seen before. Like the Hurricanes, they're a great defensive team, a great defensive structure. If you look at the shots on goal in this game, significantly less than what we've seen over the last several abs games, even as recently as the Nashville games, what, 28-25 abs, if I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly. Like defensively, this was a much more structured game than any we've seen so far this season. But the abs, it's like the same conversation we've had all the last year. They can beat you however they want. Even when they're missing half their lineup, they're just so good and so talented and so smart. They can just, they can play the game however you want and beat you at your own game. I actually think Curtis McDermott getting hurt was a benefit to this team because that meant Kale McCarr and Devontae. And Tate. end of sentence. No, hey, 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 we, we do not pick on my guy, Curtis. I, almost, didn't, I didn't say anything. He, he almost scored. He almost scored against Nashville. Almost. But I, I think it's a benefit because Kale McCarr and Devontae get on the ice more because you have five defensemen. So the defense is bound to be better. I want to give a shout out in this game. The PK was fucking awesome. Five for five. That like I kept waiting for the backbreaking power play goal to get Carolina back in this game. And I think they probably had maybe five shots on their five power plays. Like the ass PK was fantastic tonight. Yeah, it's it's weird to have the power play and the penalty kill look good at the same time. And it's not the playoffs. And also one of my favorite parts of this game is I love when the Hurricanes lose and I just go to their Twitter and I can see what they're blaming today for their loss. You would not believe me if I told you that they're blaming the refs. They're blaming the refs. How many power plays did we say they had? Five Five. power plays? Five power plays. And you lost by three. And it's the refs' fault. This was a hard-hitting game. Like I I agree. There were some missed calls on the abs, but the Hurricanes got away with some... It was both sides. Yeah. You guys got away with a ton and we got away with a ton and you had five power plays and we had four. You got beat by a depleted team. Like every time we play the Hurricanes, I have the same conversation. This is such a whiny team. They're so whiny, but I'm I'm not going down that road. We won't go down that path. Just the positives from that. Like the Avs PK has gotten better. It's just that they started so shitty that it's going to be a while before they, they before they can get back up there. But I'll they take literally it. started 50%. Like yeah. every other power play would end up in a goal. It was bad. That's why I'm I'm still like my brain is functioning where I think that we're bound to give up one power play goal. Like it's just going to happen. Um, but they were fantastic on the PK. 
the power play was fantastic. Um, I like there's no way the power play can keep operating at this high of a clip, but what's the downgrade for them on the power play? 33%, 32%. Like it, I mean, you, you can even say in this game, they were 25% technically yeah. downgrade. And, it's and, still, and the goal that was scored on the power oh, play. That's the bounce that Kale McCarr needed though. Like he's had so many good chances and the first goal of the game for those who, who didn't get a chance to watch Kale misses the net. It bounces off the boards and hits anti Ranta in the back and goes in the net. It was probably Kale McCarr's luckiest goal of his career. See, but I, I answer to that is for any other player, I'd say, well, of course he didn't mean to do that for Kale. Would you put it past him? I, I don't know, man. That was pretty fucking lucky. I was sitting at home watching it and I was like, wait, that went in. How did that go in? Uh, and I think even his reaction was hilarious. Like, did you see the video of him from the back? He never celebrates goals, but he went, yeah, <laughs> two fists up in the air and scored. I mean, so, I'm not saying he did do it on purpose, but I'm not saying he didn't do it on purpose. I mean, yeah. that's fair. I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go conspiracy theory, uh, Griffin there, but uh, yeah, the abs go up one, nothing in this game. And then I, I want to see what your thoughts are on this because that Miko hit to set up Kale's second goal, I thought it was a clean hockey hit, personally. Um, Without a doubt. But the funniest part to me is I think the – I forget who the Carolina Hurricanes defender was. It was Dahan who got hit. Was it Chatfield who tried – he like he wanted to fight Miko, but then he realized it was Miko, and he was like, well, fuck, now I'm kind of screwed. And he just grabs a hold of him, and Miko just dishes it right to Kale, and Kale beats Ronta on the far post to give the abs a 2 nothing lead. Like – I think like Miko is not like the toughest player, but he is a, it's a freak. He's a freak. He's six, four, 200 and something pounds. Like, I, I, I don't know if you saw what I tweeted on the, on the Twitter account is that I think Miko Ranston's just pure freak strength is the most underappreciated talent. Anybody in the league has like, we, no one talks, we don't even talk about just how freakishly strong this guy is like he's not the moose for nothing this guy throws around people for breakfast well he's what he's he's just like you said he's a freak like you shouldn't be able to be that big that fast and that smart like that's just it's just not fair um and <laughs> he makes that play and i was just like i i, I didn't expect him to do it like i didn't expect him to lay that hit on Dahan and then have the strength with one hand to hold off chatfield and deliver a perfect pass to kale in the slot like he is just playing at such a high level right now. And we've talked about this before with Miko. When Miko's engaged and he's feeling in the game, he's unstoppable. He is. He, like He's this, unstoppable. This is the conversation we had late last season, even during stretches in the playoffs, where I just, I don't believe he was healthy. I do not believe it. Because when you see this version of Miko Ranton, this is the best right winger in the NHL. Without, to me, the most dominant right wing in the NHL. I don't even think it's that close. You can see him throw a guy around, hold off another guy, make that kind of play. Two games before, he's scoring two goals. He's on hat trick watch. He's dominating in Finland, picks up a hat trick. No one comes close to this guy when he's this locked in. He's he, he When he's like this, top 10 player, without question, in the league. Without question, and... If this is the Miko Rantanen that you get all year with him fully engaged and he stays healthy, I I hate doing it, but because it's such a tough trophy to win. But I honestly think he has a shot at the Rocket Richard. I really do, because he's at what ten goals now, ten or eleven. I believe so. 
Yes, yeah. 10. He's at 10 right now. 10? What uh, McDavid's at what, like 18 already or something ridiculous like that? McDavid's at 15. Yeah. But if Miko continues to play this way, he's he has a chance. We said it, I think, in the season preview with Raj, like the first year we were doing this show. It's not out of the question that Miko Rantanen gets 50 goals. It's no. just not. He, no, he's it's not so at all. Good. It's not at all. And I think this Miko Rantanen is the kind we were waiting for last season. Even when he looked at his best last season, it was for one game and then it'd be a couple games in between. Then he'd have a game like this. Now we're seeing like four or five games in a row where Rantanen is just really, really putting it together. When he plays like this, 50 goals, not even a question. Are we talking more than that at this point? I mean, we're talking about McDavid. The guy is the guy is scoring at an inhumane rate. It's so. McDavid. Like it, it, I feel like NHL should make a rule where Connor McDavid is just in his class of his own and they just take him out of winning these trophies because he's just going to keep winning them. Like yeah. it's just not fair. He only doesn't win when we get bored. Yeah. Like that's exactly the case. But I, I really think that Miko has an outside chance at it. If he plays like this and stays engaged throughout the whole season and can stay healthy with the way McKinnon's distributing the puck to the rest of his line mates, it's not even a question that he can hit 50. I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking at the end of the year, Rantanen has a hundred points. McKinnon has a hundred points too. Um, I think if Val would have stayed healthy, I think he probably could have like maybe cracked 75, but you could have 200 point players on your top line. I really think it's possible. You know what? We are goddamn overdue for that. So it's been a long time since we've had 100 points. But the way Moose is playing, I don't think there's a question in my mind. As long as he stays healthy and is playing like this, he's going to hit 100 points. He's going to hit 50 goals. And the way McKinnon is distributing the puck right now, he's always been a phenomenal playmaker. But people are almost looking as like, oh, man, he's not scoring because he's just gotten so good at passing. He's at 18 already. Is he at 20 now? I can't remember because he had what? He had three assists tonight? Because I'm trying to find. So he had, yeah, he had one in this game. So he's at 19 assists right now. And he picks up and he picks up a goal in this game, which I guess some people had a problem with his lack of scoring, I suppose, even though we did this last year. He's at it's the same discussion already. we had last year. We're literally reliving last year. We are because reliving McKinnon last is year. shooting at an unbelievably low level. Like he's at like what, 4% right now? Maybe less than that? 4.8. 4.8. Like we're talking about a guy who shoots the puck minimum six times a game, he's going to start scoring goals. Wow. And then on top of the playmaking, he's he's playing at an unreal level. The goals are going to start coming for him. He's, he's going to hit 100 points this season. He's yes. going to do it. And I will say he's going to hit 40 goals too. 40, I like that. I like that a lot. I, he's, I think he is he's scoring. Like we, He had two in January, and he finished with over 30. He's already scoring even at a somewhat rate. And then that's going to start kicking up again. He's going to score 40 goals and he's going to have a hundred points. I'm not doubting it at all. I mean, at this pace, if he gets 40 goals, he could hit like 80 assists. We're talking 120 point season. It's not going to win the Art Ross trophy because McDavid's probably going to have 180, but um, it's going to be very, very good. And I think McKinnon has a chance, like we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but the start to the season for our stars has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I just really, I, I'm impressed. I'm thoroughly impressed with this team for how they are battling through these injuries and winning games. Um, I think I said on the show, I, I didn't think they were going to beat the hurricanes tonight and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. Like, I think every time I picked against the abs on the show, they've won. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great, <laughs> great advice from the gambling guy, too. Yeah, for real. Don't take my I went six and five today. Winning record. Winning record. Not winning not, record. not all of it was hockey, but you know. Not all of it was hockey. It was mostly it was all pretty much all football. Um, but this game was just absolutely awesome, man. And the to get back to the actual game with the hurricanes, the abs were up two nothing into the first period. Like my final thoughts on that first period, that was one of the ugliest yet most exciting first periods I think we've seen all year because both teams seemed like they were fighting the puck for a majority of that period, and then all of a sudden just scoring chance after scoring chance popped up. It yeah. was such a weird period. I mean, that's what happens when teams this good go up against each other. The Hurricanes are a great team. Even without half of our lineup, we are we are still the team to beat at the end of the day. There is no other team in the NHL that is the team to beat on the same echelon as the Avs. Even Tampa Bay, like I feel like everyone understands that they don't take the regular season very seriously. Like the the Caps kicked the crap out of them 5-1 yesterday, and I'm not going, oh, man, we just took down Tampa. I was like, yeah, well, we beat regular season Tampa. Very different beast. The Avalanche, you really need a Herculean effort to beat this team when they play like that. You do. Even a team like the Hurricanes, the depth they have, the somewhat star power they have, elite talent they have, everything that they have, they still really couldn't come that close. No, they couldn't come that close, and I was just – it's – it's just this team is so fucking good and they're only going to get better, which is scary because the players we mentioned that are out once they come back, it's like, oh yeah, here's the team we're actually going to be playing with. Like, I, it's I, just... I really feel like we can't undersell. They are missing their captain. The guy, the guy who scored 30 goals and didn't even finish the season last year. They're missing Val, who was their best player in October and arguably one of their most important players in the playoffs and all of last season. You cannot replace that guy. In there. They're missing both of those guys. You go on the defense, they're missing Sam Gerard. They're missing Bo Byron. They're missing an entire pair. They, and even though Curtis McDermott is now in the same tier as those guys, you lose having that option. So now you are just running your guys into the mud, trying to play Kale and Taze all the time. You're missing Darren Helm. You're missing all of these guys. And you don't even notice. They played better without them. Like That's the crazy Again, part. This goes back to a thing I have said multiple times. Sometimes injuries in the long run can be good for a team because it really makes everyone step up their game and it makes everyone buy into the system. Like, There's no vow back checking to bail you out if you make a bad play. So now you have to just make the smart player and not create a turnover and just do the right things. That's what we're seeing right now. A team doing the right things, making the smart decisions, making life easy on their goalie, and getting scoring chances and capitalizing on all of them. And yeah, the first McCarr goal was lucky. Who cares? You got to be good to be lucky. And the, the next one is Miko Rantanen buying in and throwing a guy into the boards, shaking off another guy, and setting up Kale again, who is kind of getting buried under the fact that McKinnon's on this ridiculous assist pace. Rantanen's playing lights out. McCarr is back. He's back. It's what Bednar said that he sometimes he just takes a little bit into the season to get rolling. He's rolling. He's 100% back. He was embarrassing guys today. He was really good. Yeah, he does get lost in the shuffle of this game. I thought he was going to be the headline story, and then Miko Rantanen has a four-point game, and you're like, oh, yeah, Kale had two goals in the first period. Um, but I just I, – I don't know what else to say about this team and just how they constantly like to prove people wrong. Because I don't think any like I was a little bit shocked when we were looking at the betting odds for this game that the abs were the favorite. I would have definitely thought that Carolina would be the favorite in this game. 
and they go out there and beat a really good Hurricanes team. And if Kale McCarr, like even a slow start for Kale McCarr is what? He, he's still averaging a point per game? Kale McCarr having a slow start was still easily top five defenseman in the NHL without question. And now he is the best defenseman in the NHL without question. It's, yeah, I, I was going to send you this tweet, but it's just the most ludicrous thing. Is it? Is it the uh, Oilers analytics? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have to come out and say, guys, we have to stop giving this guy attention. I know, <laughs> I know his shtick. It's not real, and he's just trying to get a rise. He's. It's funny that like the funny part to me is it's like yeah, a defenseman's not going to score as much as a forward. Like yeah. you're proving <laughs> your point there, man. <laughs> like, like yeah, of course a defenseman's not going to be scoring as much as Connor McDavid. Like. That's just I, got, I, I really have to give him credit. He's very good at what he does. He's he, a very good troll. He knows the very right combination of words to rile up Abs fans and Leafs fans and Flames fans while acting like the most sane fan in Edmonton. Yeah. He's very, very good at what he does. I, I got to tip my cap when it's due. It, it cracked me up because I was like, what? yeah of course like you're dumb like, that, that's what it is like because you get people like us you know tooting our own horn but like people like us who are rational look at that be like well yeah no shit but even then we're like what are you, what are you talking about what and then you get, and then you get other people like what the fuck is wrong with you you're yeah. an idiot everyone look how stupid this guy is and he's just leaning back on his couch and he just puts his phone on mute. oh he just mutes the tweet he mutes it it's yeah. so good like he is a he's a professional in, in every sense of the word, in the trolling industry, this man is top of the line. You got to yeah, give him credit. Top of the line. But that, that made me chuckle. But, yeah, I mean, Kale McCarr, even when he starts slow, he's still averaging a point per game. We, we know what Kale McCarr is going to do. I'm still waiting for Devon Taves' offense to come through. Like, that's another thing. Like, Devon Taves is going to start scoring goals again here soon. Um, and his offense production is going to pick up. Yeah, and Devontae's, who's also on a five-game point streak. Yeah, like he's going to he's going to start scoring goals here again soon too. So the Avs are just humming right along. Uh, like the, the second period in this Hurricanes game to get back on track because this show just always gets off the rails because that's just me and you. Honestly, why uh, why why even fight it at this? Yeah, point? at this point, it, people have been listening long enough. They know that we just get off the rails and go on tangents. But second period, nothing much really happened. Hurricanes get their only goal of the game. I didn't love the the play by I forget what defenseman jumped up in the play for the abs Manson. there. Manson. With Manson. Uh I don't know. I don't love that decision by him to jump up in the play right there. Yeah. Uh, but he, they almost got back. Stahl gets a beautiful pass from I'm Jordan, Mar- Jordan Martinuk. Martinuk. And they make it two one. And like we said, Frankie, that was the only one he gave up and he was fantastic yeah, and, and even then nothing he can do i mean that that play falls to manson who just has games like this every now and again where he's just not great he makes bad decisions and evan rodriguez is putting his heart and soul into this back check to try to get back and leave he's leaving jacob mcdonald and evan rodriguez to clean up his mess that's just not very good situational awareness it ends up in a goal and also the the line that they gave this goal to jesper Foss, jordan martinook jordan stall not exactly known for their speed. You no. re- you really got to be out of position to be given up a two on one. Yeah. So that was probably one of the abs few miscues in this game. Um, but even after that, like the second period, I thought the abs were pretty good. The rest of the period, they held it going into the third period, two one. And I'll give the, the Hurricanes four check. Like we said at the beginning of this episode, the Hurricanes four check was really strong and they were pinning the abs in the zone a lot. And all it took was just one play. One time that Miko Ranson and Nate McKinnon got out, Miko delivers a beautiful pass. 
McKinnon gets his fourth goal of the year. I was up 3-1, and at that point, I was like, there's no way the Hurricanes are scoring two more goals. Like, if, just the way this game is going, there's no way in hell. Like, this game, just sign it up. We're good. Yeah, I felt the exact same way. Because, I mean, even though it was early in the third period at that point, we're talking, it was like four minutes in. You see that goal go in, there's like 15 minutes left. I was like, yeah, it's game. That's game. That's It's just not that kind of game where you're going to see the Avs have a big defensive collapse like they like they've had at some points during this season they were just they were playing too well for that the one goal that went in was a gaffe by one guy everyone else had been doing their job up to that point you had you had to feel fine i felt great about it and that pass by miko was beautiful mckinnon it almost ranta almost made a great save on i thought he did i Uh, thought he did too i he almost made a fantastic save on that but it goes in Abs take a 3-1 lead, and then after that, like, it was just pretty much good defensive hockey the rest of the third period. Uh, had a big PK, I think, with five minutes left on probably one of the softest high-stick calls you'll see. Um, it's not the soft high-stick call. It's the one they ignored on Logan O'Connor, and they call that. That's the yeah. kind of thing. Because like, you could argue it's a high-stick. I think Newhook got him definitely in the throat a little bit. I don't know if we technically call those high-sticks, but probably should. But... I don't know. It's just the kind of thing where it's like you ignored all those. Those were blatantly high sticks. This one's on the line, and you're going to call that. Yeah. It sucked. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. But the Avs, another great PK. And then Miko scores from his own end of the ice on a beautiful goal. The only reason I'm still staying close to you in fantasy hockey is because of Miko Rantanen's performance these past oh, two Oh, my games. God. We didn't even mention this last episode. Yeah. Oh, you're still kicking the shit out of me. I, 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 I'm not kicking the shit out of you. It is a close game, but it is what? Right, no, it's a no, – it's okay. I pulled away a little bit. But Yeah, you pulled away a little bit. Miko Rantanen's my only player who's done shit. Yeah, I have, eight, <laughs> I, have, I have eight games tomorrow. You have seven. I'm feeling fine. Yeah, you should be good. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Miko, just another four-point night, just casual. Just a casual four-point night. Um, so the Avs end up winning four to one. I think in the early 17 games we've played, 14, 15, 16, however many games we played, best win of the year so far. Um, that, that Vegas one's still up there. That Vegas one's still up there, but I don't I don't necessarily think they played great in that game. I that, think that, the Oregon played I, great. I, I totally agree. In terms of opponent, Vegas is number one. In terms of how they played, this is the best one. Yeah, against a really good Carolina team that just came off of destroying the Edmonton Oilers in their previous game. Um, this Hurricanes team is legit. I I don't I don't necessarily want to see the Avs play the Hurricanes in the finals because I think the Hurricanes play a boring brand of hockey. I really do. I, 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 don't I think, think the Avs just. I think the Avs just have a formula. I think they are a team that is very good at beating what the Hurricanes do. If that yeah. makes any sense. No, I agree. It works on like the Oilers because the Oilers don't have the type of defenseman who can break out and do all that type of stuff. But against the Avs, it's just you can't do that. It's it's I almost just, like the Avs are a better version of the Hurricanes. They're the Hurricanes with star power. Yes, I'd agree. I still think the Hurricanes are a really good team. Excellent team. I, I, still, th- I still have them as probably the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I don't Boston is just playing so well that I don't know how they sustain it, but at least the second best team in the Eastern conference for my money is Carolina right now. It, I'd agree with that. And I just, for me, I, I just, I, I think that would be just, I think the Avs could kick the shit out of the hurricanes if we played in the Stanley cup final. 
Uh, I think there's some other teams that offer a little bit more in the East, but once again, getting way ahead of ourselves about game 17, talking about the Stanley cup final. Um, I mean, it's almost, I mean, this season has been very similar to last year. It almost, I mean, almost an exact mirror. It's kind of just natural at this rate. Yeah. And plus the Western conference fucking sucks. So that's that's (laughs) what I was talking earlier. We're on a four game win streak. And now all of a sudden we're like back towards the top of the West again. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is good, but how long till they all get banged up and can they survive like, that? Like Los Angeles is second in the West right now. You know who's That's third? Right. Seattle. Go Kraken, baby. Yeah, go Kraken, but holy fuck, Central Division. We need to step up. Yeah, we're bad. We are we are we are at seven. I can't talk. We are at 17 points right now. We are tied with Winnipeg, who I believe is still losing to Calgary right now. Yep. So if they lose that game, we'll be completely tied with Winnipeg at 17 and tied for fifth in the West. Central guys. This is wake up here. this is embarrassing. Gotta wake up here. Um but yeah, I mean, overall, great game from the Abs. Just an awesome, awesome game to watch. I, it was one of those games where I don't think I was nervous like at all. Yeah, I was not nervous at all. And they they win the game. And this is going to be. I, I I want you to tell me about this because I was having this thought when I was driving home from the game against the Predators on Friday, Thursday, Friday, whatever fucking day it was. Um, Thursday. 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 I tell me if this is like an out of bounds take because I'm at this point where I kind of miss when the abs kind of stunk because the arena was never this full. And now like we're talking about the Nashville game on Thursday, a hundred percent sold out against the predators, the predators, like what the fuck are we doing here? And I, I don't know if that's just me being just like such an antisocial person but I enjoyed like I could get in and out of the arena in like 15 minutes and I didn't have to worry about getting stuck in traffic, leaving the stadium. Like it's a real like first world problem to have with your team being this good coming off the Stanley cup. But I do kind of miss the days where I could go to an abs game and it was just empty. <laughs> like I've been going to games for so long that it's just, it's like, ah, this is, this is kind of refreshing every once in a while to go to a game that's empty. Now, I Tell want me, am I crazy? Like, is that a bad take? I want you to take what you just said, and I want you to go to Mullet Arena in Arizona and have a conversation with anybody there. Dude, I would love Mullet Arena, man. 5,000 people. That's like my dream scenario to watch a hockey game. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that's just like I've been thinking about that. I, and I, I understand where you're coming from. We are literally suffering from our own success. I know. We're like I sound foot. like such a spoiled brat, but that's just like I'm like, my like, goddamn, like this just sounds like uh, I miss those days where I could uh, pull into my parking lot that I usually pull into, and there's no one there, and I could get out in like five minutes. But yeah, I'm, I'm just sound like a, a spoiled brat because my team's see, good. See, I get where you're coming from, but when it comes to hockey games, I I love when the arena is just absolutely packed. And oh, there's nothing it, like it. But ball arena. They made the worst decision they've ever made. You've been there recently. They used to have the cup holders on the ground and then they put them on the chairs and made the seats skinnier. I'm a big dude, man. I'm a big dude. I can't, I can't fit in the chair sometimes. And it's just like, Hey, at least you have cup holders at cap one. They don't have them in like several sections. They just I'd be cool with no cup holders, man. I'd be cool with it. I don't, you, I don't know. Say, I, I'm just you say that you say that until there are no cup holders. Yeah. 
I don't know. I know Steve and Jeff, the guy, my buddies who sit next to me, you met Steve, you haven't met Jeff yet, but the, the seats used to be so much better. And I'm a big dude. I'm a big dude, man. Like it sucks that they move those cup holders, but um, I kind of talked about it a little bit. Let's transition from me being a spoiled brat to um, the predators game that happened on Thursday. The first abs home game. And since October 10th, it was a long ass time since we had seen them play and a little after October 10th, we, we opened the season on the 12th. Oh, Jesus, man. I'm getting my days all fucked up here, but it had been a long time. It'd been like three weeks since we had played. Yeah, at the, home. the last home game was Seattle. Yeah. It had been a long time. So it was good to be back in there. Uh, I always love, this is totally off topic again, when people sit in other people's seats and then try and argue the fact that they're their seats. Like someone did that to Steve seats. So, so is, like, the, is this where this is coming from now? No, no. But I felt bad. Like, it's just like this dude tried to argue and it's like, dude, I can tell you Steve sat next to me for five years now. These are his seats, man. So I always love that. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's Finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night. Following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild, this season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night, from money line to puck line to individual player props. No matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. This game against the Predators, it it was, it wasn't an ass kicking, but it kind of felt like an ass kicking. It doesn't look like an ass kicking, but there was a significant point in time in the second period where you could just tell these teams are just not at the same level. They're not. I mean, the, the Predators, they got the first goal this game from Tolvanen. And then the Ranton goal happens on the power play. Then you get to the second period. The Predators are just simply not in the same tier as the Avalanche right now. And the Avalanche knew it after they were up 5-1. to one, And they just were like, yeah, we can give up two goals and still win this game and not exert any extra energy. It's almost like kind of insulting in a way if you're the yeah. Predators. It's just like, yeah, you know, we got two goals. They did not seem very bothered by them at all. No. No, it was it it wasn't an ass kicking, but it felt like an ass kicking. I gotta give Kevin Lankin and credit for the Preds. He was absolutely atrocious last year. He was he gave up five goals, but he was really good in that. He's game. the only reason it wasn't like eight to one. Yeah, he was really good 
And I did not expect that him to be outplaying UC Storm. He's, he's been the better goalie in Nashville yeah. so far, as my fantasy team will tell you, that drafted UC Soros in the fifth round <clears throat> anyway. But yeah, Lankinen, he was great in this game, and he just got absolutely torched in the second period. Yeah, absolutely torched. Who scored the Avs' first goal? I'm blanking on it. Was it Miko? It was Miko, the yeah, power play. The power play. So that Avs up, tie it 1-1. And then, like you said, the second period was just an onslaught of abs goals. I think Logan O'Connor had the second on a tip. He had a breakaway that I low-key thought it was Nathan McKinnon for a second, just because their numbers are kind of similar. Uh, he beats him back, beats uh, Lankin in backhand. Uh, abs go up 3-1. Just absolutely unreal. Logan O'Connor has been really good this year so far, too. Like, th- this is another reason why this season is mirroring last season, because Logan O'Connor was – fantastic to start the year last year and then he cooled off so another we're living in a simulation moment um he's great abs go up 3-1 and then i'm blanking on who scored the fourth and the fifth for the it's, it, you're all good buddy it was it was yeah. a couple days ago it was branson and had the one from mckinnon and mcdermott to make it four. Oh yeah my boy our first, first point McDermott, of the year first mcdermott point alert of the season then evan rodriguez on the power play from ranton and mccarr made it five to one the game was over at that point. They they get a, a, a cheapy. The Predators do at the very end. Power play goal from Ryan Johansson. I really don't understand what the call was. I Me they either. called it holding on Lekkinen. I didn't see it on the replay, but sure, the Predators they get they got a free one five to two going into the third period. The Roman Yossi was just a bomb. That was a great shot. Yeah, that was a beautiful shot. It was a little little early in the third, but even then, I didn't feel nervous. The team didn't look nervous. the The arena didn't seem nervous. It was just the kind of thing. Like, even if the Predators got one more, you knew the Avs were like, okay, fine. Then then they just go and score two more to absolutely put it away, and they didn't even need to because they shut it down the rest of the way. Shots finished at thirty five apiece for both sides, and God, Shane Bowers, man. Oh, I feel so bad for him, man. First period of his NHL debut that we have waited for since the Matt Duchesne trade. We got this kid in the Matt Duchesne trade all those years ago. Now, was that five years ago? Yeah. No, yeah. Over five years ago, this kid in the AHL, us asking the questions, is Shane Bowers ever going to make it? And he finally gets called up with all these injuries, and they know who it's against, Matt Duchesne. You could not script it. First period, just kind of awkward exchange on the boards. I don't know if he got need or if he fell awkwardly. His arms dangling goes right to the bench. He's out for six weeks. Played a minute minute 46 seconds in the NHL, out for six weeks. You don't know if he's getting that opportunity again. No, and he actually had a great scoring chance in that for those those, minute he played. Um, I feel bad for the kid. I, I can't imagine how much like blood, sweat, and tears goes into grinding your way through the AHL. And he's battled injuries, it seems like, his whole career, and he finally gets his chance, and first period he gets hurt. So, Like, just a freak accident. Like you said, he had a great scoring chance. And also, not to be lost in the shuffle, Sample Ranta has played these last two games as well. He had a great scoring chance as well here in the first Both period. games. Yeah, in both, both games. games. He I got was, he left the he left the Hurricanes game. He got cut on the shin by a skate. Yeah, it did. So I was going to bring that up. I forgot. But Jesus Christ, even our depth options are getting hurt. But man, <laughs> for 
God, for Shane Bowers, I just felt sick to my stomach when that happened because you knew he wasn't going to catch a break. You mm-hmm. saw that arm dangling and you knew this poor fucking kid, like he just cannot catch a single break. I My heart breaks for him because, yeah, he's out six weeks. Guys are going to be healthy by then. He's mm-hmm. not going to get this opportunity again. It's it sucks. There's nothing that he can do. And I hope to God we somehow see him before the end of the season and he can find a way, but it's it just doesn't look good. Yeah, it sucks for him, man. I really thought I really was excited for him, and then he gets hurt, and it's just like, God damn, man, like damn you hockey gods, you fucking sons of bitches. But hopefully a speedy recovery. And I like you said, I hope he gets to play in the NHL again. I, I still think that the abs are holding out hope for him. Um, but it's just the way that life goes sometimes in, the, in NHL hockey, but it's a um, brutal business. It's a brutal business, but in the time we've had off, we, 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 there's no more, nothing much else to talk from that national game. There were a couple interesting moves that the abs did um, in these past couple days that we haven't recorded. Uh, they moved Darren Helm and Gabriel Landeskog to long-term injured reserve uh an absolutely necessary cap decision at this point just because there's so many injuries and they can't afford to call people up yeah so it, i mean it, they they did what they could for as long as they could with banking caps but ltir and the salary cap it's so fucking complicated and the gymnastics you have to do is like you can put people on ltir and get more cap space but you're not banking that cap space for the rest of the season and so for a team that is as close to the cap like the abs they want to bank as much as they can but when you have half of your team out of the lineup and you need to call up guys like bowers and at least more recently jason magna and all these guys you need cap space to do it so then they put them on ltir now we have more room to operate We've banked cap space as much as we can for the trade deadline and everything else for the rest of the season. We've done everything we can, but man, it's just a real tough break for everybody. Yeah, it's a tough break, but it was a necessary thing to do. Uh, Darren Helm had surgery again. Another thing where it was like, damn, that kind of feels like it came out of nowhere uh, because we thought he was getting closer to returning, but I guess he had another surgery. So he's out for, who knows how much longer? Yeah, um, we already knew about Landeskog. We already knew about Val. If the injuries keep piling up, you may have to put Val on LTI at this Dude, point. If, if the injuries keep piling up, we might have to start buying pads. Like they might start calling <laughs> up, us up at this point. Shit, maybe. But uh, it was a necessary move. It, it's funny that it took this long for the Abs to have to use it. And Vegas is like they they have to do it every single game of every single year. So <laughs> Vegas, Shea Weber, man, like they don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just the part of the business. And if they're going to let you do it, do it. So that's kind of where we're at. Um, and then the other big thing, a, a player that we hadn't heard of since training camp, but he just got signed by the Eagles. Uh, Alex Galchenyuk played his first game with Colorado Eagles as we are recording. I have no update on how he played. But according to every report in training camp, he was doing really well and then just had kind of suffered a, a freak injury. And he's back. I would not be shocked if in the next couple of weeks we see Alex Galchenyuk make his avalanche debut. But at this point, you just have to add whatever you can in your forward group because everyone just keeps getting fucking hurt. Yeah. I mean, this was 
the kind of thing where Galchenyuk in training camp was getting like top six minutes and getting entrusted in an important role, suffered the injury, had to get released from the PTO because you're not signing an injured player to a contract that just doesn't make any sense. But Bednar said at the time that once he's healthy, they'll look into revisiting it and circling around to him. And they did right by him. They signed him to an AHL deal. And now he has the opportunity to prove that he can still play and be a a useful player. And now you just kind of have that in your back pocket from now on. It's a Gauchenyuk. I think this is a good spot for him. He can earn his way back, get his confidence back in the AHL and just kind of hang around in the bottom six best case scenario. I would say it's just the kind of thing where you see how many injuries we have all the time. It's not a bad idea. Because we know we we kind of know what Galchenyuk has been. Like we saw him in training camp, and it was unfortunate. So now now we can have something to work with. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but he adds at least some sort of a scoring threat to the bottom six. Uh, because what he doesn't do defensively in hockey, he is still a, like last time I feel like we saw him was with Toronto, and he was playing with Matthews and Marner, right? Oh, yeah, he got like big top six minutes with the Leafs in the the COVID shortened season. And then he just like went to Arizona. Like it was a very weird thing because I think he was offered a contract with the Leafs. I I might totally be making this up, but I don't know if he turned it down or if it fell through or if he thought he was going to get a bigger offer somewhere else. Then he like didn't get signed for forever and then goes on like a league men deal to Arizona, has a terrible season and goes PTO to the abs, gets hurt. And thank God we do right by our guys because we very well could have just let him go on his way and he might have just ended up in like Finland after that. Yeah, but he we know what Alex Galchenyuk is. It would be fucking hilarious if he turns into like another Val. I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be hilarious if he turns into like this legit scoring top six forward for us. But it's going to be interesting. I think it's a good move. I really do. Like there's not very many good free agents like available at this time of the year. And you got one that uh, I think at least can eat up some minutes. Yeah. I mean, this is literally a no risk move. He's not even on an NHL contract right now. Yeah, Like you're not even wasting time seeing if he has at the NHL. You're just seeing if he can play at the moment. And if he, and if he can't, and you don't feel like you can trust him, you just keep him with the Eagles. Yeah. And and then you're fine. Like you need any more, and you let him go at the end of the season, and everything's fine. You you've literally lost nothing. And if he works out great, you sign him to an NHL deal, you bring him up to the team, and now you just have him. There's literally no downside to this. No, no downside. I actually really like the move. Um, it's just it's funny because I remember in training camp we were talking about like why are we signing a forward? We don't necessarily need a forward, and now it's like oh yeah, we we kind of do need this guy. <laughs> so yeah, may, maybe a little bit. We might need this guy. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what happens with him. We we will see what uh, what that brings. But I wouldn't be shocked if we we're talking at the end of November that Galchenyuk gets an NHL deal. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, you like you give him a couple games with the Eagles. You see what he can do because like this this is a guy that at some point in his career scored 30 goals. And yes, he was drafted like what was it third in 2012? Terrible draft. We all know that. Yeah. But there's something here with him. We're just seeing what he has left. Correct. So, Correct. Well, and I I'm. It's just funny to me because that draft was just so bad that Cody CC was the best player in that draft. And that's really it's, it's like Philip Forsberg and Tom Wilson. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting move. I think like you said, it's a zero risk, high reward move for uh the abs in this situation. 
And I just, I, I think it's going to work because everything that the Avs have done these past couple of years has worked. So we just I have a good, we just have a good track record with rehabilitating yeah. people. We turned and Jack I, Johnson into a useful player. He's coming back. I'm telling you, he's going to be a member. I, of the I totally season. believe you. We are going to get Jack Johnson back at the trade deadline. That is going to happen. It's going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, if we can turn him into and he plays the system, I really think he has a good chance to be a uh, important player for the Avs going forward. So, love the move. We need the forwards, and really, the big thing for me is uh, uh, he's better than Jason Megna. Galchenyuk is probably. Yeah, he's I, better I, than Jason Megna. I'd be comfortable making that assessment. I mean, we're already down to Sample Ranta and Jason Megna in terms of yeah. calls. We need options, and dude, we need- what happened? What happened to Ben Myers, man? I guess they're just seeing – I guess they're just not going to interrupt him right now. They're just yeah. going to let him play and not just call him up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, it's fair. I just – I feel like he got sent down and we just haven't heard anything else other than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not even think of that name until you just brought it up right now. Right? Right? Yeah. I was just thinking about it. I just told – I've just completely forgotten about him. Maybe – I don't know. Maybe it'll be a good thing long term. I mean, and he's, play, he's played two games, to be fair. In yeah, like, he got hurt. Yeah, so that's probably why. True. But yeah, I was just like, whatever happened to Ben Myers? I forgot about him. So he'll be back. Yeah, I mean, overall, a pretty damn good week of abs hockey. I'll take this all. I, I, I want to do more episodes like this. This is more fun than talking about losses. Yeah. I mean, and the week, the games did start pretty heavy with all of the Peter McNabb stuff and everything. I, I thought the Avalanche did a spectacular job with their tributes and everything. And my God, Mark Mosier. What a pro the, the way he handled the Nashville game and everything doing it alone, which could not have been easy and having the empty seat next to him. We really are just blessed with the broadcasters that we have. Mark Mosier is uh, a paragon of professionalism and one of the best in the business. And I thought everything that the organization did and what altitude did for honoring Peter McNabb was Extremely tasteful, extremely well done. I, I appreciated the the moment of celebration in the arena when they did their honoring for Peter McNabb. I thought that was excellent. That was really cool. Uh, it was it was a it was a cool environment to be in, um, and it was just it felt it's it's very rare in today's time where everyone can agree on one thing, but agreeing to celebrate Peter McNabb, everyone was like, yeah, like there's this is just the easiest thing to do. So it was really cool to see that. And yeah, I hadn't seen that done with the moment of appreciation instead of moment of silence. Um, I thought that was really fucking cool. And the Avs with the salute to the broadcast booth at the end of the game was awesome. Um, and yeah, I can't imagine having to do your job when your partner for the past five years just isn't there anymore and having to do it less than a week after they've gone. It's it's an impossible thing that the Avs uh, broadcast team made look very easy. And even tonight with Riker in the booth, like it, it, it felt they still remembered Peter McNabb, but they still like they, they kept the focus on the game. And I, I think it's going to be a good year of just celebrating Peter McNabb. Yeah. I mean, and just, I can't say enough about the broadcast team and Mark Mosier, how they handled that entire thing. I, the the strength that that takes is yeah. unbelievable unbelievable and good on them and 
we're really going to miss Peter McNabb. It's definitely going to be a very bittersweet season the rest of the way. Yeah, rest of the way. But um, I think the Avs have done him a, a, a good service so far by winning these two games in such dominant fashion. And it's, like you said, going to be a weird year, but we're we're going to try and truck along as best as we can and uh, keep moving along. And hopefully this season is just uh, just the start of something special. I certainly hope so. Once again, so I mean, we'll be back for the Blues. I believe we have next right. Blues on Monday, who just beat the Vegas Golden Knights today, and wow. now all of a sudden, two-game win streak for St. Louis. Maybe they're looking to bounce back a little bit, and they're definitely going to get up for an Avs game. I can def I can guarantee that the Blues are definitely going to be getting up for an Avs game. Yes. So they beat I mean, the Sharks yesterday, or was it yeah. two weeks ago? And then they come in and beat Vegas. So they've got some momentum in their corner now. But so to be we. fair, they couldn't have been much worse. So it's well. like anything's better. Uh, but I still like my odds against Jordan Bennington. So <laughs> let's oh, yeah. be here. without without question, the abs against Jordan Bennington. I'm I am simply not concerned. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good game. And yeah, we're gonna be back to only having one one game to talk about. But we'll uh, we'll yeah, be good. That, that's better than zero. Yeah, better than zero. Better than zero. And then they go on the road for a couple tough games, uh, face that Carolina team again, who I think is going to probably play a little bit better in their home building. And your Caps, who are probably the, like... Feast or famine. Yeah, they're the you weirdest team to watch because they're either very good or very bad. And um, 90% of the time, it is very bad. Yeah. Are they slated to get anyone back healthy this week? Well, they got Carlson back already against uh, Tampa, which helps. Oshie's not anytime soon. Backstrom's not anytime soon. Wilson's not for another couple weeks. Uh, Brown's out for the season, essentially, like six to eight months. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing off the top of my head right now? I don't think anyone's super, super important that really needs to be brought up at the moment. I'm stalling if you can't tell. but yeah, I uh, Orlov, that's who I'm forgetting about. I don't know. We'll see about Orlov. So, but not nothing like game breaking. I mean, yeah. the abs and caps games are always generally very fun uh, going into DC. I mean, I, I, I think the abs should find a way to win that game. I think Darcy Kemper's going to play well, but I think oh, the gonna, are... Darcy Kemper has been excellent so far. See, yeah. you wouldn't know that based on the conversation around, he had a terrible game against the penguins and everyone gave up. Like yeah. I, we're just so wounded by our goalies ever since Brayden Holtby that, Kemper had a he had a bad game against the Penguins. There's no sugarcoating. He had a bad game. He let in some soft, bad goals. Everyone's like, well, we got away with it for so long. Here's the part of the season where our goalies let us down again. Kemper's been amazing. He's had like a 918. He smoked Tampa yesterday. Does he have Tampa's number? Is Kemper better than Vasilevsky? <laughs> I mean, he, in the Stanley Cup final, he outplayed Andre Vasilevsky four yeah. times. Four times. Not an exaggeration. The four wins we had, Kemper played better. Yep. And this game, he... Kept Nikita Kucherov off the board, ended his point streak, and crushed the Lightning. Yeah, so that'll be a fun game. It's gonna be a fun week. I, I always like the the East Coast games are always fun, just because we don't play those teams very often, and it's just always good. I always love seeing Alex Ovechkin play too. So it, it it'll be fun. That Carolina game, if it's anything like last year's game in Carolina, we're in for a doozy. And I I'm high on the Abs right now. I think they can easily win every game this week, and. We'll see. I'll probably I, do that. I mean, I will see. I'm, we got to focus on St. Louis first. I know they're yeah. down in the dumps, but they've got two in a row. And 
they're a bitter team that is going to be out for blood. Even if David Perron's gone, even if Nazem Kadri's gone, Jordan Bennington's still going to be there, and he's going to throw some kind of hissy baby fit that's going to turn this game into a bloodbath. Yeah. Dude, did you see the athletic article by Peter LeBron? He's saying that uh, the Avs should trade for Ryan O'Reilly, so maybe we're on to oh, I, did, I did see that. I mean, what did he say? He said Horvat, O'Reilly, and Taze. Like, oh, they'll get one of them. Will we? I, dude, I'm telling you, Ryan O'Reilly makes a lot of sense for this team. He does. But they're uh, not going to trade to us. Speak, speaking of, what are your thoughts on Matt Duchesne and that he is still getting booed in Colorado? To, I, I don't. I mean, fans can do whatever they want. Uh, to me, we won that trade and we won that breakup like by a long margin. Like it's 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 not even a question that the Abs won that trade and got every single like benefit of that trade. Um, Matt Duchesne finally got to Nashville where he wanted to be. Um, I think Matt Duchesne's a good hockey player. He's a good hockey player. The return that Joe Sackett got for him was borderline criminal. It's the the best return a general manager has gotten in a trade over five years. Correct. Um, I think it was just because the way that like Duchesne acted near the end, but I also kind of give him a, like the benefit of the doubt in that situation. Like you've been on the trade block for a year and a half. And that's all you've been asked about. And then you finally like get traded. And I, I don't know to me, like Matt, Matt Duchesne's always going to be one of my favorite players. I loved him uh, when he was here. I named my dog after him. I have a dog named Duchesne. Um, and it's just one of those things. If fans want boom, boom, that's fine. Like, I think it's just one of those things where it's like you won the trade. Like we won the breakup by a significant margin. We, we we shouldn't be boot. We should be cheering for him for wanting out. We should be because it set this team up for where they're at right now. Yeah, I mean, my thing on the Matt Duchesne thing is the the last thing I want to do is talk down to anyone or say you're wrong for how yeah. you feel. That's the I get it with the Matt Duchesne stuff. He did not want to be here anymore. No. And that was very clear and very plain. You very rarely see players come out after a trade and be like, yeah, we want people who can be here. I get it. It was a rough period in time. It left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. And it it was a rough breakup. I get the booing. I just, it's been five years. We've We've won a Stanley Cup. He's on his third different team at this point. It's just, I get it. But I also think it's time to stop but i also don't care yeah i I don't care people want to boo him funny yeah boo him all you want i don't really care i think it was more i just love the trolling aspect you can have of this because he said he wanted to play playoff hockey and it's like that's hilarious because that's literally the only thing the abs have done ever since he was traded correct like that's hilarious like i like you said i don't i'm not gonna tell fans what to do if you want to boo him fine like i yeah like i like yeah like we are not moral high ground like this is wrong it's just people handle things differently and duchene did not gracefully exit colorado it's also you you've been to colorado you know how prideful people are of the state like i've been to colorado twice and i'm prideful of colorado and it's like when people say they want to leave here it's like yo fuck you dude like we don't oh yeah you're gonna go to ottawa yeah have a great fucking time with that yeah but i i don't know it's one of those things where it's like I just don't care at this point. If people want to boom, boom, you do you. Uh, I don't also, think I'm it's like it's it also just goes a little more personal than that. I mean, this was his team growing up. He was here for what? 
nine years or something like that, close to nine seasons with this team. He put in the blood, sweat, and tears. He wasn't happy. And we'd been to the playoffs in his tenure twice, his rookie season, and then the time we lost to Minnesota after that ridiculous season. I'm telling you, if Duchesne was healthy for that year, they, they would have beat Minnesota. Yeah, and we only needed one more goal. And he went through Patrick Waugh and getting chastised by him basically every time he was on the ice, all culminating in just that awful season, that awful, terrible season that we never want to talk about. I get it with him. He wasn't happy. He made it very plain he didn't want to be here. That hurts. At the same time, that is an era long past. And I just I just don't think it's healthy to hold on to something like that for that long. That's, that's I don't know if it's healthy, but like I'm saying, the troll opportunities are so there. Like he very clearly was wrong about the abs and the trolling also, opportunities there are great. Like that picture of him where at like media day where he's just fucking that's, that's the picture I've had in my head this entire yeah. I mean, that is the picture of this exactly. entire situation. There's nothing else that can describe the situation better than that. And I also just completely forgot what I was going to say. So keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, that picture just describes how Matt Duchesne probably feels about leaving Denver and say what you want about Sam Gerrard. He's been a vile, like a vital part of this team in their come up. Bo Byram's on pace to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL in the next couple of years. And people forget we got the Hamburglar out of that. He had a great game five against Nashville. Um, Vladislav Kamenev. We got him too. I thought he was going to be sick. He's playing in the KHL somewhere. And Shane Bowers is still TBD. <laughs> um, so you clearly won the trade. If you want to boo, boo. I, yeah. I, 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 I never booed him. I never did just because he was my favorite player for the Avs for the nine years he was here. I think he's around the same age as me. So he was really good for, he was really good for the Avs and in the end it was a messy breakup, but I think both sides got what they wanted out of it. It was messy breakup and it, but it was necessary. It, the team immediately turned around after Duchesne was gone. Correct. And he got his money. Nathan McKinnon blossom into the number one center and get all that ice time. And we've seen what McKinnon's become and, Duchesne's no slouch, but I I think he's probably on like the tier three of NHL players, like superstars. Yeah, I'd probably probably even put him lower than that. Yeah, that's like it was a necessary thing that needed to be done. And without trading Duchesne, it's like it's also just like, well, what did you want? Did you want to keep him? Because if we kept him, we probably don't win. We don't we don't have Kadri. We don't allow McKinnon to blossom. We we don't have. I don't like there's just so many like think of the butterfly effect that would have happened if we just told Duchesne to suck it up. Yeah, correct. And Joe Sackick waited for the right trade, got Ottawa when they were desperate because they thought they were still a championship contender because that was the year after they lost game seven in the stand or the Eastern Conference final, right? When they traded for him. Yeah, Ottawa. That, was, that was right after the Eastern Conference yeah. final. So they thought they were good and they were willing to give up a ton of shit to get him. And we won the trade. And I just, uh, it's funny to me that we're still having this conversation five years later. Yeah, like it's, it's it's after every home game against yeah. the Predators. It's also just the kind of thing like, man, we just won. Yeah. Like it was kind of weird though. They didn't boom in the first period. It only came in the second period. It was well, it was, we won at that point. Yeah. So you, know, you got nothing to fear. And we kicked the shit out of them in the playoffs. Like he's he's yeah. He's like we, we we have gotten ours on Matt Duchesne. Yeah. I think that's just my point. Is we have gotten ours on Matt Duchesne. We have 
taken our pound of flesh on this man. We traded him, immediately went to the playoffs. He went to Ottawa, and they plummeted. It took a trade deadline for him to even go to the playoffs and went around with Columbus. Goes to Nashville and is shit there for a while. Has his amazing season last year. Gets swept by the Avs. And then we go on to win. Guys, we won. We won. We beat him. The demon, the, the demon Matt Duchesne is dead. We've got nothing more to prove to him. I will say Matt Duchesne, I thought was very classy in his uh he was praise of Peter McNabb. I thought that was cool. Nazim Kadri was really good about it too, and former apps were great. So yeah, I mean, it's it's over, it's done with. Um you can hate me for the fact that I love Matt Duchesne. I always will, I always have a soft spot for him. And um I I think I I remember the first game he came back in Ottawa. They did like the video tribute for like all the players that they usually do. I've never heard a quieter video tribute. Like I think I was the only one in my section legit standing up and cheering because I was like, "Let's fucking go back to Shane. You're the man." And uh, yeah, I think I was the only one cheering. Like I honestly think that Giannis Donskoy got a louder reception when he first came back from Seattle. Oh, I don't doubt it. Years. Yeah, he was here for like two years. I don't doubt it at all. But anyway, I just wanted your your thoughts on that because that was that was a a thing on Twitter for a solid fifteen minutes yeah. after the Nashville game. I'm just, I just look at like we won. You can boo him, but I just don't think it's healthy at this point to just hold a grudge for half a decade. Yeah, but you're talking about sports fans, man. I am, sports and I am talking like, about sports fans, and yeah. I am expecting people to be rational. And you know what? It's not always fun to be rational. Sometimes it's just fun to go to a game and. Fuck you, Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking about hockey fans first off <laughs> and um, fans in general just hold grudges for forever. And it's just, it's just the way it is. Like, I think the Nuggets still boo. Like we still boo Carmelo Anthony. It's been like 15 years since he's been traded. So it, like at this, at that point it's tradition. Yeah. And, and I, that's why I think the Matt Duchesne thing is going to be, it's tradition. Correct. We're playing Matt Duchesne. We boo Matt Duchesne. Correct. Just like I think even last year and even a little bit this year when we were playing the Kraken, people were still saying group whenever he made a save. Like, yeah. It's, it's tradition. Like cities don't forget. Correct. We love Phil. Even the guys that didn't win here. We we love Philip Grubauer forever. Ryan O'Reilly signed an offer sheet and kind of screwed us over. He's not Matt Duchesne level, but he's not remembered fondly here. Yeah. Like, no, like it's weird that we don't boo him. That's a good point. It's weird yeah. that we don't boo him because he and was I just, it's also just the kind of thing where it's just like, it wasn't that public and it was much longer ago. And also he had to go to Buffalo for a long time. Yeah, that's true. So. He, he did lose that. He did lose that. Even though we love Buffalo, we love the Buffalo Sabres and their fans. Yeah, that's true. He did. It, uh, it, it is a different Buffalo now than the right. Ryan O'Reilly Buffalo. Well, and you could even argue the Avs won that trade too because Zadorov was solid when he was here. JT Comfort's still producing here. So, I mean, that's just file another win for the Avs front office because they yeah. won that trade too. I mean, we got Grigorenko, Zadorov, Comfort. We got a pick out of that that could have ended up being better. But, like, yeah, we got Comfort out of that trade. And Buffalo, yeah. Yeah. Buffalo. Buffalo. They had Ryan O'Reilly. But, I mean, yeah. I, I guess they did end up eventually getting Tage Thompson out of it. So it worked out. Maybe a little in the end, but that's the. Yeah. I, I don't want to continue too much farther down this road, but I'm trying to think like what other player like that left the abs gets booed as much as Matt Duchesne. I don't think there's really any. No, I could like, I just, it really does take a lot for a fan base to remember you harshly. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was a player that like 
in my time being an Avs fan that like drew this much vitriol from playing on the team and wanting to leave? I don't yeah. think so. I, I think it's Matt Duchesne. I think that's it. Yeah, I think it's a very short list. It is Matt Duchesne. Correct. So, yeah, that's my take on it. You do you when it comes to it. Uh, if you want to be grumpy and bitter, go for it. I'm I'm just not going to because I like Matt Duchesne. Yeah. So you're making a face at me. What happened? No, it's not. It's uh, I'm getting UFC updates. Adesanya lost. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, he got knocked out in the fifth. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. U- UFC talk on the show bringing me all the way back to my <laughs> my origins in the business. But yeah. I had the UFC notifications on, and Adesanya got beat by the guy who beat him in kickboxing twice. So new champ. That's Fun crazy. Stuff. Yeah. So before we get too off track again. We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, really fun episode. I love talking about wins. Avs beat the Predators. They beat Carolina. We'll be back on Wednesday talking about our game against the St. Louis Blues, which I, I just have a feeling is going to be a doozy. Even if we blow them out, there's going to be some stuff to talk about. So we'll catch you all then. Uh, sponsor time. So you can use promo code TELEDABS it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Shout out to all of you who have been using the code lately. We really do appreciate it. It is just a very great way to support the show at a base level, and you are getting cheaper tickets. If you're already going to a game, you're having plans to go to a game, and you haven't used SeatGeek before, you're getting you're getting $20 off your order. It's just free money, and it helps support the show. We really do appreciate it. Promo code TELEDABS it is for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But we'll be back on Wednesday to talk about the Blues game. But until then, let's go Abs.